powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. In my year of Jubilee, I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. So, Father, we bless you. We honor you. Speak to us, God. We need to hear from you. I pray, God, that th this atmosphere, I take authority over it in this building and online, God. And I pray that it's conducive for signs, miracles, and wonders. I pray that anything miraculous could happen today, God. And we expect to see you here in, in our midst, God, in this building and online. We expect, God, that you're going to speak to us with strength, that you're going to speak to us with power. God, we tell you we are open and we're ready. 915, tell the Lord, say, Lord, I'm open and I'm ready. Tell him again, say, Lord, I'm open and I'm ready. Say it again, say, I'm open and I'm ready. Say everything that needs to come out of me, God. Come on, open your mouth, 915. Say everything that needs to come out of me, God. I pray that you pull it out today. Let it be a divine detox today. Let it be a divine detox today. Let it be a divine detox today. In Jesus' name. All right, so let's do this. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. The person next to you not standing, just elbow them and help them up. All right? All right? Everybody stand. All right? You cannot detox in an environment that doesn't expect. If God is surrounded, the Bible says that his throne is surrounded. I was ministering in Colorado Springs, and when I first mounted the stage, the, the people were a little, you know, just kind of just sitting and looking and, you know, Den Denver stuff, Colorado stuff. Just, you know, like come to church to be seen, not to see God. Come to church to check a box and not to see the God that has taken them out of every box. And so while I was ministering, while I was ministering, uh, I had to get the atmosphere right. And for some of you, you have to hear me. There's certain things that the reason you're not seeing the results you want is because you let the atmosphere dictate to you and you, you have not arrested the atmosphere. So I need to make sure everybody in this building and online, we're going to arrest this atmosphere. What does that mean? That we're going to shift it from being about us and we're going to shift it to focus on God. 
The Bible says he is surrounded by angels that fly around 24-7, and he's surrounded by sound. He's surrounded by worship. So question, if he is used to being surrounded by sound, why in the world would he come sit in your silence? And I don't know about you, but there's some things I need God to do in my life that if God doesn't do it, there's no other way. Is there anybody in the building beside me where there's some things where you say, God, you got to do this thing for me? I wish you look over at your neighbor, please, and tell him, say, you need God in your life. Tell him, say, like a fish need water. Tell him, say, you need God in your life. Like Hagen needs Doss. Like Ben needs Jerry. Say, and I need him too. Say, so let's create an atmosphere that invites him in. He inhabits our praises. So when I count to three, tell him, say, when I count to three, I'm going to shout for you, you're going to shout for me, and God's going to come in the room. One, two, y'all ready? One, two, three, shout right there. There it is. There it is. And can you put a clap with your shout? And can you put a clap with your shout? And can you put a clap with your shout? He inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the worship of his people. And the more you praise him, the better you gonna feel. But the more you give God glory, the more God's gonna turn your story. And some things are about to turn in your life. Some things are about to turn in your family. Some things about to turn in your finances. I dare you to just turn around one time in the room. I dare you to turn around one time at home. He's about to inhabit my praise. 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 Come on, 915, one more time. Because the atmosphere is almost ready for a miracle. When I count to three, praise him like you already got what you're praying for. One, two, three, go. 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 And I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. And the humble will hear thereof and be glad. All things are working together. All things are working together for my good. Do me one more favor. Look at the person on your left and your right. If they're not praising, if they're not praising, this is a good opportunity. This is a good opportunity to go sit somewhere else. There's a couple of seats now. This is a good, this is a good opportunity to go sit somewhere else online. If they're not worshiping, this is a good opportunity to go somewhere else. Why? I need an atmosphere. Watch me. I need people around me that are on fire. Because if the fire breaks out in my section, if the fire breaks out on my row, what does fire do? It changes everything. And God is described as a consuming fire, which means what he hasn't done in years, he'll do in one day. <laughs> and for somebody, I came to tell you today, I don't like your silence, 915. I said, today is that day. So just shake somebody's hand and just tell them, say, what he hasn't done in years. Say, God will get it done in one day for you. Say, but your praise has to expect it.
Some of y'all ain't going to get nothing. But for the rest of us, can you put a demand on God? Can you put a demand on God? Can you put a demand on heaven? Can you put a demand on this moment? What I haven't seen God do in years, I will see God do in one day. Shout it again. Shout one day. And put a demand on this moment and say, today is that day. Shout it again. Shout today is that day. In Jesus' name. Now clap your hands like you love him. Let's go. Grab a seat. Let me show you about putting a demand on the moment. So Friday when I was preaching in Colorado Springs, Friday when I was preaching in Colorado Springs, Friday when I was preaching in Colorado Springs, I went, I went and uh, as I was ministering, uh, uh, we went and I, I knew that I needed to be there. I was scheduled to be somewhere else. In fact, our pop-ups were originally in Atlanta, supposed to be today. And the 20th, the Lord said, change the dates because you need to be in Colorado Springs for that day. So we changed that day. And so I got up and I ministered and I had a plan on where I was going. Elbow somebody said, you have your plans. <laughs> say, but God has bigger plans. And so I, I went and I was ministering and I had forgotten all about it. And so I forgot to say something uh, online to have so folks could be there supporting all that. And so it was in my Insta story and uh, all of that. And so I had some direction that I was planning on going. I said, Lord, this is exactly what you want me to preach. This is exactly what you want me to say. This is exactly the direction we're going to go. But then once the atmosphere was created and the atmosphere was set up, he took me down a whole different path. And so I began to talk about David and about David's vision because David, watch me, while his family thought that they were doing him dirty and his family thought they were treating him poorly by making him go keep the, the sheep. They thought we're going to give him this low little task. We're going to put him out there to do a messy job. And for some of you, watch me, what they thought they were doing to hurt you is about to help you. I don't like your response right there, 915. Would you look at somebody please and say what they thought they were doing to hurt you. Say it's really about to help you. So so, so they had, they had, they had David out in the back, and I began to preach about David, and and and, and the the theme of the conference was vision, and I like to make sure that I stay in alignment with the assignment. And so David, the entire time he's out there keeping the sheep, cleaning up after the sheep, fighting off lions, fighting off bears to keep the sheep. David really has this internal desire and this internal belief. Watch me, that there is something greater in him than what he was currently doing. And for some of you, can I be honest with you? The test of whether or not you're ready for something greater is how you handle what you see as lesser. If you can't handle the current seat that you're in well, God can't trust you with the next. If you can't handle your current predicament, God can't trust you with your promise. If you can't handle your current vicissitudes and your current valleys, God is not going to trust you with the victory. But what if I told you you're sitting next to somebody that has been handling their now very well. They've been handling their challenge very well. And watch me. We've not been perfect, but what we have been is consistent. We've not been perfect, but what we have been as faithful. Make sure you sit next to a person of faith and just touch them and say, God's about to reward your faithfulness. Oh, it was difficult, but you made it happen, single mama. It was difficult, but you made it happen, single daddy. It was difficult, but you made it happen with your family talking about you. It was difficult, but you kept on fighting. It was difficult, but you got over it. It was difficult, but you got past it. Please make sure you sit next to a survivor and just elbow them and say, I've been through a whole lot. Say, but I'm still standing. Say it again. Say, I've been through a whole lot, but I am still here.
So I hit the floor and I began walking around. I began preaching. I'm teaching about David. And I say that the reason that God, why did God pick David? David had seven older brothers. Say seven. Seven is the biblical number of completion. It's the biblical number of shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Which means sometimes God has to let something complete before he can give you something new. And for some of you, you're trying to put a period, excuse me, you're trying to put a comma where God says, let's put a period on that. So they go through seven of David's brothers. Samuel, the man of God, shows up to Jesse's house because God says, I've anointed a king for myself in this house, uh, which means, watch me, he's not currently what he's going to become. In other words, he doesn't look like what I'm getting ready to make him into. And can I tell some of y'all, your current doesn't look like what the rest of your August is about. Play with me if you want to. What if I told you what you were worried about today, that's only temporary because trouble don't last always, only for 50 shouters. What if I prophesied a 24-hour turnaround? I wish... You can sit there and look at me like that if you want to. But the Bible says, and the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the ground. Please open up your mouth and say, something's turning in 24. So, 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 so David, he's, he's out there keeping the sheep. It's a messy job. I'll get to the message. He's keeping the sheep. It's a messy job. <laughs> We're just talking. We're just talking. We're just talking. We're just talking. Look at the neighbor and say, he just, we just say, we're just talking right now. But somebody needs to hear this. You ready? Um, uh, because, because somebody needs to hear this. So pay attention. So David, he's out there keeping his father's sheep. And David, he begins to discover he's a worshiper. So David starts writing songs. David finds out that he's a musician. So David begins to play. He finds out all of this in isolation. Uh, uh, watch me. For some of you, let me show you how much you mean to God. You mean so much to God that God, watch me, in order to detox you, that God has put you in isolation. Mm. Mm. Because you've dealt with a lot of things from previous years in your life. And so God says, sometimes the only way I can detox you is right now, you don't need no boo. You just need the Lord. Right now, you don't need this. You just need God. Right now, watch me. Even if you're married, I'm going to have y'all even feel a little strange from one another because I need you to be isolated while I'm detoxing you. So David, watch me, for 14 to 16 years, he's out there keeping his father's sheep by himself. Somebody shout by himself. Because sometimes for God to detox you, the only way to detox you is to get you away from what you don't even know is trying to kill you. He's trying to get you away from. What if I told you God was behind your little fight with your friend? Why? Because God says, I need you not to be around her right now. What if I told you God was behind the issue with some of your family members? Because God says, I need you not to be around them right now. I need to have you in a detox state. Because sometimes you can't detox and you're around the toxic thing. Sometimes you can't detox and you're not. Look at somebody say, you're in the midst of a detox right now. Let me prove it to you. How many of you would say there's some areas of your life where you feel like it's just you? You feel alone. You feel isolated. You're like, I got people over here. I got people over here. And here's the most interesting type of isolation. You can be surrounded by people and still feel like it's just, like it's just you. So, so David is back there. And, and why did God pick David? David has seven older brothers. And the Bible says when Samuel, the man of God, shows up to his home uh, in order to anoint the new king that's seven one count 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 
seven of his older brothers walk in front of Samuel, and none of them are God's selection. Which means, let me give you this principle, is that you will deal with more counterfeits than you will have fits. And you can't let the counterfeits make you stop pursuing a fit. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you got to detox from thinking that everybody is against you. Mm -mm. Just those first seven were. Let's talk. You got to stop thinking that every relationship is bad. Nope, just those first seven. For some of y'all, what if I came to tell you this? Because you're going to catch it in a moment. God had to take you through January, February, March, April, May, June, July. That's seven, but now you stepped into your eight. All right. 915. Please make sure you sit next to a faith person, slap them a high five, say everything's about to change for you. I don't like the way they said it. Touch somebody else, say everything's about to change for you. So God, God has David isolated by himself. So even when Samuel, the man of God, shows up, David is not invited in. He's not invited in because God wanted all of the toxic to go together. This is why they won't invite you and they click because they whole click is toxic. This is why they won't invite you to their little meetings because their whole little group is toxic. And I need you to be grateful that God loved you enough to say, don't go around them. Don't be around them. Here's a crazy place to put a praise. Praise God for everybody that excluded you. I Praise God for everybody that said you don't fit. Why? Because what you did is you made it clear that I'm not supposed to be part of your toxic mess, a part of your toxic foolishness. So David is isolated. So even when Samuel, the man of God, uh, yeah, I'll get to the message. I got 17 minutes left. And I'm going to use every last one of these minutes. Ready? So David is out there. He's keeping the sheep. He's a worshiper. He starts writing songs. He starts fighting battles in private. That nobody knows about in public until it's time for him to announce his resume. And for some of y'all, watch me, your isolation has been your resume building. Because there's, a, there's about to be a battle that you're going to be perfectly equipped and prepared for. Because when David walked up on Goliath and asked King Saul, he said, oh, what's going to be given to the man that conquers, the, conquers this giant? Saul lists out the benefits. And then David says, well, I got this. Saul is like, I don't even want to fight this ninja. I, don't worry about this. I got this. David is like, oh, no, but your servant has fought. Pay attention. Your servant, which means I'm here to do whatever needs to be done. Because watch me. In my yes, if I give God a yes, he's going to release a yes. And for some of y'all, you only give God selective yeses. It's a yes if it's something you desire to do, but it's not a yes simply because it's what needs to be done. But what if I told you your willingness to do anything is about to make God give you everything? I 915, I'll say it again. What if your willingness to do anything is why God's about to give you everything? Please touch somebody and say, this is about to change for you. You were willing to clean toilets. You were willing to mow grass. You were willing to do whatever needed to be done. You said, whatever the job requires, that's what I'll do. And that willingness, David said, I will go fight this giant. Why? Because he's in our way. And I know nobody else wants to do it, but that's why God sent you. And I came to tell some of y'all at this 915, you are God's choice. You are God's selection. 
Nobody else is going to be able to do it like you do it. Please look over at somebody and tell them, say, you are God's choice. Wrong neighbor. Please, let me teach you one more time. When you say something to somebody, they ought to put a praise behind that because their praise is to push that thing out. Please look at somebody and say, I said you are God's choice. So David, David, he's in isolation, but he becomes a worshiper. He, he, he begins to write songs. He learns how to deal with messy people. He learns how to deal with messy people because he deals with messy sheep. He learns how to deal with hurt. You ready? And not halt. Your neighbor has been guilty of when they get hurt, they halt. They shut down. They stop. They stop talking. They stop communicating. They stop. Uh -uh. And watch me. And where you're at in your life, you're going to have to take a licking, but keep on ticking. You're going to have to be like the Energizer Bunny baby. You're going to have to keep going and 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 going. You don't have time to stop because every time you stop, you're going to suffer. Listen, you got to learn how to get up and keep it moving. And I don't know who's interrupted my whole flow at this 915 just for me to alter the flow of the word. But the atmosphere has been shifted. And when you began to praise, God said, I need you to take them down another street to get them to the same destination. I need you to make this declaration and say, I choose to get up today. I know it hurt, but get up. Stop halting. I know it was painful, but get up. Stop halting. I know you thought it was going to work out, and it didn't, but get up. Stop halting. I know you feel like crying, but right now we ain't got no tears to shed. No, I'm not going to cry. I ain't got the time. Why? Because there's something amazing that's being prepared for. David, David, he's, 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 he learns to be a worshiper. He learns to write songs. He learns to deal with messy people because he deals with messy sheep. And sheep, not only do they make messes, sheep bite you. So he learns to deal with hurt and not halt. He didn't stop shepherding because the sheep that he dealt with were difficult. What if you stopped doing because it became difficult, not realizing if you would have just survived the difficulty, you would have gotten your deliverance. And since you didn't survive the difficulty, now you have to go all the way back around and start. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, I like amusement parks. Anybody else like amusement parks? Uh, uh, this year, I got a season pass uh, to what our option is in Colorado. I've done it before, but I was determined. I said, I'm going to get every little lick of this $74 that I gave y'all. You understand? And, and so, look, I'd be like, if I can't get but one ride in, I bet you I'm going to be down there. You got it? And so, and so the, the problem is, uh, is that after, after you go through it, if you get out of line, nobody gets to save your place in line. You have to go and start over from the back. You ready? Why? Because if you decided that it wasn't worth the wait and then change your mind once you discovered what the victory was and what the prize was, that means now you have to wait longer to get it. But I came to tell somebody, watch me, I came to prophesy to somebody, God says, I'm about to open a moment where you can get right back in your place in line as if you never stepped out of your place. That's a good place to shout if you know you got out of line, got out of place. What happened? You got out of line. And for some of you, God says, I'm about to open up one moment in time where you can get back in your place like you never lost it. Ephesians says, and God will give you the ability to redeem the time, which means it'll be like, I never got out of line. I never got out of place. I never got out of assignment. Lift your hands, worship God for the moment he's creating. Go. Watch. David learns how to hurt and not halt. 
David deals with rejection from his father. How do you know that? Because his brothers and him have a different mother. David says he was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, uh, which means David's telling you, my father stepped out um, and my mother is the, pro I am the product of an adulterous relationship. Uh, my brothers don't really like me because they have a different mama. We're all a blended family. And so whenever blended families get together and they don't blend well, they talk about one another. That's so-and-so's kids. Uh, that's so-and-so's kid. That's so-and-so's child. And so David now, he deals with rejection and abandonment from his father because every time his father sees him, he's reminded of his mother. That's why when Samuel showed up to anoint the new king, David's not even invited in because Samuel, Saul, uh, Jesse, excuse me, his father's really like, you know, I love my son, but I don't like my son. And for some of you, what your greatest challenge has been is knowing that people love you, but they use you. And because of... And, and the truth is, when they don't find any ability to use you, this is why you don't hear from them. This is why they don't call you. This is why they don't reach. Because the entire nature of their interaction with you is usury. But you have maintained your love despite the fact that you know that they are only trying to get something from you. I want to talk to those of you that you have done for your blood. What? Watch me. The ones they celebrate would never do for them, but they can't even show up for you one time. Y'all... It's quiet in this building and online. You ready? So, so Joseph is, excuse me, David. David is dealing with this, this, he's dealing with this rejection from his father. His mother's nowhere to be found. So David never, ever learns what the pure love from a woman is that doesn't have a sexual agenda or motive. He never learns that. So consequently, every relationship he gets in, David, it becomes a transactional relationship. Because David, watch me, every woman he gets with, the Bible says he was married to Abigail. The Hebrew rabbis say that Abigail was the most beautiful Hebrew woman to ever live. I want to see her. I'm just saying. Can, can, can the fella say amen? It's on me. You can say amen. Come on. Come on. Wives, let your husband say amen. Amen. If she's the baddest woman to ever live, I want to tell me, have you seen her? All right, we got to go. <laughs> but uh, he has the best, but he still desires. Okay, you missed it. Some of y'all can have the best seat, the best opportunity. The, the, you can have the best, but because there's something toxic in your thoughts, you still reach for what's less than what you already have. So I'm giving you his background so that you understand how he became so toxic. So, 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 so he, he goes through this motion. Uh, he goes through his life. He's got rejection from his father. He's got abandonment issues from his mother. She's nowhere to be found. We never see where she nurtures him, which is why David goes to women to be his mama. Because he's never been nurtured. So consequently, who he dates, he wants, he wants them to really mother him. Okay, who, he, who he's with, he really wants a mama. He really wants a place to lay his head. He really wants to be able to lay his head on her pillow and just relax. That's Tony, Tony, Tony. Y'all don't know that, okay? I'm trying 915. I'm really trying with y'all. Y'all ain't getting none of my song references. Okay, you ready? All right, watch me. All of this makes David toxic. Say toxic. 
Because your thoughts can become toxic based on one of four things. Number one, your training. I just told you David's training. His training represents his background, his education. This can make you toxic and you not even know that you're toxic. If you would have asked David, David, do you have issues with women? No. I love women. That's the problem, David. You love every woman you see. And the reason you love every woman you see is because you're really looking at her and not saying, is this my wife? You're saying, could you be my mama? But you don't even recognize the level of your toxicity, David. So consequently, you are drawn to what's not good for you. So one day you see a woman named Bathsheba who is sitting on top of her home taking a bath, which every woman did in those days. It was simple physics. If the water has to flow down, so you can't put the, there's no uh, plumbing like we have today. So she was supposed to be on top of the home taking a bath. You see her, and then your toxic speaks. You see her, and then your toxic begins to pull. And for some of you, try to figure out, why am I drawn to this? Why do I like this? Why do I keep making these same mistakes? It's because there's something in you from your training that needs to detox. I'll get to the message in a minute. There's something in your training that you need to detox from. There's something in your background, your education, the way you were raised that you need to detox from. If you were trained in a home where everybody holler, scream, and cuss one another out, you don't like dating people who don't treat you like that. You don't like being around people who, watch me, you'll call them, they're too boring. No, you just used to drama. It's not that they're boring. You just used to getting cussed out. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. All right, watch me. Your, your, your toxicity can come from your training. Number two, your toxicity can come from your trauma. Trauma is something that happens to us in our past, and it literally becomes a marker moment. There are certain things you can look back on, and when you look back on it, it's traumatic to you. Maybe you grew up in an abusive environment, and so you've dealt with trauma. So your, your toxicity says that if it's not violent, it's not real. That, that if, it's not, if it's not wild and crazy, it's not real. Uh, so number one, your toxic can come from what? Your training. Number two, it can come from your what? Your trauma. Here's number three. Your toxicity can come from your triumphs. Sometimes when you start winning, you get high off your own supply. You have met somebody that when they were struggling, they, they were the best, but the moment they started doing good, all of a sudden you began to see traits that you didn't see before because toxic sometimes waits until triumph and then it comes like a sniper to take you out. But I came to tell somebody in this building and their line, the devil's plans are about to be shut down. The enemy's desires to mess you up are about to be shut down. Would you elbow somebody? Say there's about to be a detox in the building. Drop it online. Say, there's about to be a detox in the building. That so King Saul, King Saul, King Saul, who David was going to replace. King Saul, um, he didn't want to be king. His name Saul in Hebrew literally means one who is asked for because the people asked for a king because the people were toxic. The reason they wanted a king, God says, you don't need a king. I'll be your king. Let me be your king, and, and I got you. The people are like, no, we want a king. Because when they were in Egypt, they had a king. Pay attention. Which means even though they were out of their toxic and traumatic situation, the toxicity from that put a desire in them for something they didn't need. It put a desire in them to have something that wasn't going to really benefit them. And for some of you, watch me, today God's about to shift your taste and your desires because you desire something that really isn't good for you. You desire something that's really not necessary. It was necessary in your Egypt, but it's not necessary in your promise. I wish you'd elbow somebody say, you're about to get a detox. Number four, the way you are teased can affect 
and make you toxic. But you were teased. So let's go back to David. David, his brothers don't like him. And you can see how they handle him. His brothers handle him in a very toxic way. One day, David is sent to go get them lunch and to bring them lunch. And so uh, he, he shows up uh, and, he, and he takes him a lunch bag and he's got lunch for him. He said, Daddy, what's, Jesse's, uh, uh, what's David's father's name? Jesse. Um, he says, Daddy sent me to feed y'all. He sent me to bring y'all some lunch. I showed up. I got some chicken sandwiches. I got, I got, I got some burritos. I got, you know, you know, I, 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 everything you need. You can have whatever you like. I got, I got everything you need. I got, I got you. I showed up to bless you. And then his brothers say, what are you doing here? Wait a minute. How do I show up with something for you? And the first thing I get is attitude from you. How am I here to be the answer to what you need? And you're fighting me like I'm trying to take from you when I should. Why? Because when you're toxic, you fight your own help. When you're toxic, you fight your own answer. When you're toxic, you come against what came to be there for you. But I need you to touch somebody and say, there's about to be a detox. So, so David shows up and he shows up with lunch and his brothers, they treat him so poorly. They say, you know, uh, what are you doing down here? You need to go keep them few sheep. In other words, you, you ain't really doing nothing. Have you ever had people try to minimize what you do? How's your little business doing? Little business, it paid your rent. Y'all, 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 how, how that little thing you doing? How that little thing you doing? How, how's that little thing you got going on? Why, why are you trying to minimize what it is that I do? Why are you trying to minimize and at the same time benefit from? So they're minimizing what he's doing. Go, what, ain't you supposed to be keeping him few sheep? You're arrogant. David's like, I came to bring you lunch. I can't, I didn't even say nothing to y'all. I came to bring you lunch. But because his brothers are toxic, watch what happens. They're trying to transfer that toxic to him. Please listen. And for some of you all, you need to hear me. God has had you in isolation to make sure that the others toxic did not get into you because sometimes you become toxic not just from what you ingest but from what you have to deal with but open your mouth i'm almost done say there's about to be a detox so david has all of this happen he's he's in isolation he deals with sheep he he's hurt but he becomes a worshiper he becomes a praiser he writes songs he's dealing with rejection from his father. He's dealing with abandonment from his mothers. His brothers are toxic. They want to make him toxic like them. And David is just out there by himself. So Samuel walks into the house and says, there's got to be a king in here. And when you're toxic, you don't ever see yourself as what God sees you as. You always see yourself in your current situation. But what if I told you God sees you in your future? And you look a whole lot, watch me, it ain't even that you're doing bad now. But what if I told you the rest of this year, it's about to get way better for you. 9.15, I got to wrap this up, but I need you to elbow somebody and say, things are about to change quickly for you. So, so they go through, how many of his sons? Seven. Let's count them again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And they get to the seven, none of them are God's selection. They look like it, they talk like it, they walk like it. You, you think this has got to be it. And I came for some of you all, where in these last seven months, 
you've looked at some things. You've looked at some deals. You've looked at some friendships. You've looked at some relationships. You've looked at, and you said, this has got to be it to only see that it wasn't it. Is there anybody in this building or online where you've looked at some things in these last seven months and what you thought was it wasn't it? Who you thought was going to be with you ain't going to be with you. Who you thought was going to push you is in fact trying to push you down. Who you thought was going to help you in fact is not helping but they're hindering. Watch me. And then Samuel says to Jesse, who's Jesse? David's father. I want to make sure you're with me. He says, there has to be something else. And I came for those of you where there's a holy frustration on the inside of you. Because you're like, God, there has to be more. Let me check this room and make sure I'm around faith people. Is there anybody where on the inside you're grateful for everything that God has done? But there's this holy frustration in you that's like, God, there has to be more. If that's you, you release a praise. If it's not you, you be quiet. Go. Somebody shout, there must be more. Shout it again, shout, there must be more. There must be more. David has had all of these toxic things happen to him. And David tells us how he got picked. The scripture says, scripture says in Psalm 37 and 4, scripture says in Psalm 37 and 4 that God will give you the desires and the secret petitions of your heart. David didn't have anybody to talk to, so he couldn't tell a friend because he had none. He had to speak to sheep who couldn't actually even say anything back to him. Bah, bah. And for some of you, you find that the reality is, is, is that you find yourself really talking to the atmosphere more than you find yourself talking to people. Because even when you do talk to some people, they just don't get it. David has, David has no people to talk to. His brothers don't like him. His father has rejected him. His mother has abandoned him. He's doing a messy job, learning how to hurt and not halt. He's dealing with private battles that he won't even get public recognition for until later. Because sometimes when God is detoxing you, he makes sure that you accomplish a lot where no one sees. Because he's just going to let them see the final product. I'm almost done now, 15. I need you to make this declaration and say, God's about to reveal me. Mm. Yeah, what does that mean? You've beaten a whole lot in private, and your private victories are about to be publicly recognized. Your private accomplishments are about to be publicly recognized. Ready for me? You never had anybody clap for you, but you're about to have everybody clap for you. You never had anybody celebrate you, but everybody's about to celebrate. Let me get you ready for what's happening the rest of this year. Would you clap for the person next to you and say you're about to be celebrated? Now clap for them like they've overcome some things. Clap for them like they you're not clapping. Clap for your neighbor, please. Somebody say, God's going to make it worth it. So, David, David tells us how he got picked. Why did God skip all, of, why didn't he pick like one of Saul's generals? Why didn't he pick one of Saul's lieutenants? Why didn't he pick one of Saul's government workers? Why didn't he pick somebody else? Why did he skip and go to David, who's a teenager? Why did he skip all these grown people 
Let me see if I can say it another way. Why do you skip all of these people that had the right education? That had the right background? That had the right pedigree? David, nobody else in your family is a king. Why did he skip over everybody else and go to David? Because God left David in isolation all those years so that David could stay in a state of detox. Because God was going to give him, Psalm 37 and 4, the secret petition and desire of his heart. Heart means mind. David said, I didn't have anybody to tell it to. And for some of you, the reason God doesn't want you to have anybody to tell it to is so that they don't abort it. You can't tell dreams to people who live in nightmares. But can I tell you, somebody open your mouth and say, but he heard me. Say it again. Say, but he heard me. Let me make sure I'm in the right room. Let me make sure I'm with the right online family. Wave at me if there's some things that you've not really told everybody about but that you want to see happen in your life. Wave at me in the building. Online, do the hand wave emoji. So I'm going to prophesy this, and then you got to go with me very quickly because we got to wrap this up. But I need you to make this declaration. Say, before the end of this year, I'll see it. Come on, y'all. 1 Samuel 3.19. And the Lord was with the man of God and did not let any of his words fall to the ground. Would you encourage three people around you and touch them and say, before the end of this year, you're going to see it. Tell two more people, before the end of this year, you're going to see it. You're going to live in it. You're going to walk in it. You're going to drive it. You're going to possess it. You'll see it. You'll be sitting in it. And it's about to work for your good. He heard the secret desires and the petitions of your heart. And it's getting ready to happen. Come on, say it's getting ready to happen. Say it's getting ready to happen. Here we go. Samuel says, Samuel says, Samuel says, Samuel says to Jesse, he says, none of these seven are my, God hasn't picked any of them. None of these are God's picks. And then they get to, they get to the end of the seven. He's like, this isn't it. But I know God sent me to this house. I'm in the right place. It is the right time. That's not the question. I'm doing the right thing. Would you look at somebody close to you and say, you're finally doing the right thing. Prophesy to him saying, you're about to see the right results. That deserves a shout right there. I said, that deserves a shout right there. I said, that deserves a shout right there. Let's go. Let's go. So Samuel says to Jesse, who's Jesse? David's father. Who's Samuel? The man of God. Who's David in this story? You. He says, there has to be somebody else that isn't toxic like the rest of them. <laughs> you keep wondering, God, why they won't let me be part? Because you'll be toxic. Samuel's like, there has to be one of them that's not toxic like these first seven. There has to be somebody else. I know what I'm supposed to do. There has to be somebody else. 
And then Jesse, who's Jesse? He says, there yet remains another. Wait a minute. Didn't I say when I came to your house, have all your sons in the house? What? You ready for this? If you don't shout 915, I promise to God. If you don't shout, what if God, when you prayed the first time, didn't put all of it on the table? What if he was waiting to, for you to detox so that you wouldn't mess up what he was about to give you? This is only for five of us in the building and online. Your biggest blessing is about to drop this month. I, you can look at me like that all you want to, but I dare you to lift one of your hands and say, my biggest blessing is coming this month. Let me connect the dots. Because some of y'all are like, why this month? January, February, March. April, May, June, July. First Sunday in August. This is the eighth month. David was the eighth son. I'm watching the best I can. Look at me. God didn't put it all on the table with the first seven. I'll talk over here. God didn't put it all on the table with the first seven. And God said, if you're toxic, you'll stop at seven and you'll never make it to your eight. Y'all, I got to wrap this message up, but here's what you're about to celebrate. That the enemy tried to block you, stop you, shut you up, shut you down. But it's too late because I made it to my eight. I Let's go. He says, there yet remains one. He's not in here. Which means we didn't see this before. This, we didn't even know this was an option before. This was not on the table before. But the right question brings the right answer. For some of you, you're going to go to work tomorrow on an option that didn't exist last week. It's going to exist this week. The loan officer that told you no last week. What if I told you they fired her on Friday and you're about to get a yes this. Play with me if you want to. Play with me if you want to. 9.15. Please touch somebody next to you. We got to go and tell them, say, everything's about to get better for you. Put a praise behind it and push it. Push it. Push it and push it real good. Let's go. We got to go. So, we got to go. <laughs> this wasn't an option a minute ago. But Samuel asked the question, there must be something else. Father, what you've withheld, only to those, God, who will lock their faith in with mine. What you withheld in the first seven, I pray you release in eight. What was not an option in the first seven, I pray you release it in eight. Lift your hands like you're about to receive something in the building and online. Say, and everything that I didn't see in the first seven, heaven is releasing in eight. 
So watch. So watch. This wasn't an option, Tony. This wasn't an option. But Samuel says, there has to be something else. Jesse says, there yet remains one. He's out there keeping the sheep. Watch me. He's been detoxing. Say divine detox. Just to be clear, ain't none of this, none of what I'm supposed to say. I have to say that at the 11.15. But when we shifted the atmosphere, God shifted what he wanted to say. Shifted what he wanted to say. Just like Friday. So Friday night, when I hit the floor, I'm going to make it all connect. In Colorado Springs, and I'm ministering. I knew, I prayed before every assignment. I knew where I wanted to go. I hit the floor. We shift the atmosphere. When the atmosphere shifts, God takes me down the same path with David. Takes me down the same path with David. I obey the assignment. I lay hands. We do all of that. We go to work. Do you hear me? We went to work. I'm prophesying, laying hands, folk all on the floor. God is doing what God does. It wasn't until later that evening when I spoke to the host and she said, Bishop, you, you have no clue what your word did. I said, what did it do? She said, years ago, God sent me to Israel. And the whole theme of this conference, she said, we're going to make a king, we're going to make a queen, and we're going to speak things over their life. I said, I heard you tell me that. I said, I didn't really understand what you was doing, but I never thought it was nice. I said, I thought it was a good idea. I said, I didn't, you know, okay, cool. She said, well, years ago when I went to Israel, I went to King David's tomb. Now, I'm supposed to preach about Paul. But when I hit the floor and the atmosphere shifted, God says, go down, David. And I preached something I've never preached before. I never preached what I preached about David before, about how he got picked. Why did God skip everybody else but pick him? How about somebody say, he's picked you. Saying it's too late, you can't unpick yourself. So you can cancel your little quit. You can cancel your little, I ain't doing it no more. Shut up. And I mean that with all love and aggressive at the same time. I got nothing but love for you, but I got to be aggressive with this 915. Y'all require thuggery. Some groups you can preach real nice and easy to. Some groups you got to do, like in Tina Turner. You gotta, every now and then, I think you might like to hear something from us. Nice and easy. But we never, ever do nothing. I really have tried with the song references. <laughs> she says, I went to King David's tomb. She says, and when I went before his tomb, she said, I felt an anointing I've never felt before. She said, it was like majesty. And, and she said, I never felt it. Make a long story short, she says, I never felt that before, but that's what birthed this conference. I said, well, you never told me that. She said, I know. That's why it's amazing that you'd preach what birthed this conference. And I said, well, I told you I got the Holy Ghost, not a guess. I'm not guessing when I take the mic. I'm ghosting. She said, and when I came back from that, pay attention, she said, um, the Lord began to speak different things I was supposed to do. She says, I went and bought 80 acres of land. And the Lord told me, I'm making a long story short, told me to be like a long story short. It was like an hour conversation. She said, I made, she said, and the Lord said, you're going to be a land developer. And you're going to build a subdivision. She says, I didn't know anything about this. So she started walking through the whole story. 
And then she started walking me through all these different things that she did and she didn't know how to do and all of that. And, and I'm listening. She said, Bishop, I, I need to let you go. I said, no, you inspired me. I said, keep talking. And then when she got to the end, I said, this land development anointing you talking about? I said, give me your hand. I said, I wasn't just here to pour. I said, I was here to receive. So I said, so I said, I said all that you just said? I said, now I ain't gonna do all that work. I guess I'm gonna do it though. <laughs> it's gonna get done. I know. Okay, when you're chief, you sit in the watchtower. You don't do it, and you oversee it. If you do it, it'll suffer because you're doing it. So when you're chief, you sit in the watchtower and you let it be done. So I said, pray that anointing. I said, I want that grace. And then she started praying, and then the Holy Ghost started giving her specific things as she was praying. I was like, you better be in the spirit. And she prayed certain things, called out specific things. I said, you better pray. This is why it matters who you're next to. Look at the person next to you. Say, you sat next to the right person today. Online, would you put that in the chat? Online, stretch your hand towards me if there's nobody there. You, you on the right link today. You on the right stream today. You in the right place today. So... I preached, David, she said, and when you began to preach again, she said, I haven't felt that anointing. That, she said it was like the mantle of a king. She said, I haven't felt that in all, you know, eight plus years since I've been there. She said, but when you hit the floor, she said, all of a sudden, she said, I felt what I hadn't felt since I stood before his tomb. But so what does that have to do with me? I'm glad you asked. Great question. With them. What's in it for me? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Then David. Who are you? David. David. Say, I'm eight. I'm eight. You're the new beginning in your bloodline. You're the new beginning in your family. You're the new beginning in your city. You're the new beginning in your community. Watch me. For some of you, you're the new beginning on your job. God sent you there because he's about to change the entire company. Not He sent you there because he's about to change the entire department. But what did you have to go through, David, to get there? You had to detox. So this month, we're detoxing. Today, at the 11.15, I'll teach you about detoxing your toxic thoughts. But for some of you, you just needed to hear, you're his pick, you're his selection, and God has had you in isolation so that he could detox you. You've been spending more time by yourself than you ever have. Who am I talking to? Wave at me. And if you're not careful, you'll think something's wrong. And you'll begin to reach and say, I just wish I had somebody. To, mm -mm. God says, this is detox, Dave. Look at this person and say, you've been in detox. Don't play with me. Look at somebody and say, you've been in detox. I says, I, I needed you to see what was really going on in your head. I need you to see what was really happening in your mind. Because if these toxic thoughts that you have aren't dealt with, you ready? They're going to end up destroying your life. So here's how we're going to end. I can only give you one thing. 
that I was supposed to say. <laughs> Second Corinthians 10.5, and we're done. We're going to get backpacks. We're going to eat and bounce. Well, they already bounce on the front. They're bouncing. Kids bouncing. Second Corinthians 10.5, they're going to put it up for you. Say, Lord, Lord. help me. Starting today, to recognize my toxic thoughts. All this isolation time is not for you to just turn on some music. Because when you turn on Summer Walker, you pick up her toxic. And nothing against her. You pick your artist. Matter of fact, so that it's equal opportunity, give me another artist. You pick up his toxic. He's trying to control you. Listen, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> For some of you, God says, I've been giving you moments of silence. Because sometimes you're so, you go so much. Anybody like that? You just go. You just go. You, you wake up, you're going. You're a mover. You're a shaker. You're making it happen. You're taking care of your kids, taking care of your business, taking care of your family. You just go. And because you go, you never actually take time to think about what you think about. So you just think on autopilot. You just snap off and pop off on people because it's autopilot for you. It's autopilot. You just get negative because it's on autopilot. Something bad happened, you immediately say, I'm so sick of this ish, and I just wish this and that. Ish is a Hebrew word for man. It is. Isha is the Hebrew word for woman. I'm just so tired of this, God. And God is like, Dave, whenever I'm going to, and Davida, <laughs> whenever I'm about to put you on, I detox you first. Because David, you're about to be king. And you cannot be toxic like your daddy. You're about to be king. And you cannot be toxic like your mama Nim. You're about to be king. And I don't need you bringing toxic from your previous relationship. I'm about to give you the person you prayed for. But your toxic behind is going to ruin it. And so I'm trying to detox you. Lift your hands. Open up your mouth. Say, God, I need a detox. Second Corinthians 10.5. We take captive every thought. So God's giving you time. This month, he's giving you time. When you're driving in your car, you don't even want to have music on. Some of y'all always got music playing, and lately you don't even want music. You driving down the street in total silence. Don't even want to turn it on. You normally got music playing at your job, in your office, at your cubicle. You just been sitting there. All we hear is... We take captive every thought. God's going to give you time to think about what you think about to make it obedient to Christ. Say, Lord, this month, help me to recognize my toxic thoughts. I'm detoxing so that I don't make toxic what's ahead of me. 
Heads about eyes closed in this building and no line. Today, if you are not a Christian, we got to get you to God. Number two, if you've given your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful to him, today's your day to recommit yourself to him. And finally, if you're like, if you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with the Lord, but I want to be sure today. I want to be sure. If that's you, any of those three, you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. Wherever you're at, on the count of three, you're going to slip your hand up. And when you do that, we're going to shout and celebrate for you, but I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I need you to put that hand up. Don't be scared. Don't be ashamed. God's not trying to beat you up or beat you down. He's here to love you and love you to life. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Bishop, you don't know how I messed up. It doesn't matter. Today is your day. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. On three hands up in this building, online, do the hand with the emoji, or say it's me. One, two, three. Wherever you're at, you respond. Wherever you're at, you respond. In this building and online. Harvest, we're a church that celebrates people coming to God. Everybody, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the grace to get right back up again. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. I'm detoxing this month. Show me my toxic thoughts so that I can drop them. Free me from every toxic thought in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, take your phone out, text Harvest to 55498 or scan the QR code on the screen. Secondly, some of you are saved, but you need a shepherd. You can live in Denver, Atlanta, anywhere across America and around the world. The majority of Harvest has never been in a building because we're a hybrid church. But today, if that's you, you text Harvest to 55498 or scan the QR code on that screen and just let us know you want to join. God doesn't connect you to a church. He doesn't connect you to a building. He gives you a shepherd. And once you find your shepherd's voice, you lock into that voice. You don't need 50 voices when you know the voice you're assigned to. And if I'm that voice, that, how, Bishop, how do I know that you're that voice? Because when I speak, something just clicks for you. You get it. It makes sense. It prompts you. Sheep know the voice of their shepherd. If I'm your shepherd, connect today. Lastly, before we give away backpacks and things, if you uh, came in and you did not give this morning, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. If you came in late, you weren't able to give your tithes, offerings, first fruits, love offerings, I want you to get that ready. And we're going to sow to seal the word that we just heard. And here's our seed. And I heard the Lord loud and clear 15 minutes ago when I was standing right there. He said, the seed is 80. The seed is 80. You say, Bishop, I don't have 80. Get as close as you can to it, but that's the seed, and we're going to obey. What do you mean, sow to seal? Whenever a word speaks life into you, you sow to seal that word. You seal that word. And I want everybody who can, you say, Bishop, I don't want to sow. Don't sow. Then don't expect to see a harvest. It's, I mean, it's just that simple. That's like, you know, Bishop, I ain't going to eat. Okay, but then you're going to be hungry then. I mean, you know. Sometimes people be thinking they hurt somebody and they ain't doing nothing but hurting themselves. I want to encourage everybody today, get as close as you can to that seed, 80. Why 80? I just told you, you're in your eighth month. This is the new beginning. Say, I'm in a new beginning. God had to take you through the first seven so you could detox. He had to take you through the first seven so you could detox to get you to eight. Because it's about to change for you. You're going to look back on the month of August and say, that month changed everything. I'll say it again. You're going to look back on this month and say, this month changed everything. Would you open up your mouth and say, this month will change everything for me? How can you give it? You can use the cash app, dollar sign, Bishop Former with the number two. PayPal, Venmo, Zell, Givelify, that's available. Hello at harvestchurch.church. Or, of course, text to give. Text amount to 84321. Tap the link in a Harvest Church when you see the V. That's where you want to be. I love you, 915. 
Again, because we had a totally different flow today. But I like it when God does, he, God always meets us. But I love it when he changes up on me the moment I stand behind the, the pulpit. The moment I grab the mic. If God just changed the script at the 915, that means he's about to change the enemy's script for your August. Whatever the enemy had planned, I just heard the Lord say, your worship today just shut that down. Your praise today just shut that down. Every weapon that was formed, 915, lift your hands, open up your mouth, say, God just changed that. Say, God just shut that down. Say it again, say, God just shut that down. Lift your seed to the Lord in the building and online. Say, Bishop, I don't have to Get as close as you can to it, but everybody's so something. You cannot hear a word like that and not so something. And say this with me. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm a faithful giver. Therefore, I flourish. I sow the seal what I've heard. I'm detoxing this month. It's a new beginning for me this month. It's a fresh start for me this month. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bastards are passing quickly at Grape Sea. While they're doing that, our kids are going to come. They're going to come. Uh, they, they're going to come down the center aisle. They're going to come so that we can serve them first. And then for those of you that are in the auditorium, perhaps middle school and high school, we're going to do that because we needed to register. We want to make sure we get those that are registered served. We've got both experiences today. And we're going to also give some backpacks and school supplies away in Atlanta next week for families that need those. Harvest, we're blessed to be a blessing. If you haven't seen our third, um, our third quarter updates, those are on the screen. Those are on the screen, and they're going to put them up for you real quick so you can see everything that God has done in us and through us. And I want to point out a couple of key numbers to you. Uh, one, over $611,000 given to missions. Can you celebrate that? And after today, we'll be at uh, over 4,650 backpacks given away. They're coming up this time. They're coming at this time. They're moving quickly at this time. And our team is going to serve them. Y'all clap it up for the babies and, and celebrate them. Y'all clap it up and celebrate them. Let's go. Let's go. Online, you make sure that you give. They're going to leave the giving methods up on the screen for you. Awesome. For those of you in the auditorium, if you'll just come down this center aisle, come down this center aisle. If you're in the auditorium, middle school, high school, college, come down this center aisle and we'll serve you at this time. Our team's prepared to serve you if you're in the auditorium. Everybody else stand on your feet. We're getting ready to go. Come on, everybody, let's do it together. Say, love God, love people, and love life. 
Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you and our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.